From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Hotel and John's La Liga Weekly. If you are hearing this, then that's good news. That means we are using the revolutionary world of Zencaster. Uh, if you can't hear it, then it means we just talked to ourselves and wasted our time. Uh, but a little bit like sacking Ernesto Valverde and replacing him with Kike Setien mid-season, it is fraught with potential pitfalls. So, uh, we don't, but we, the Classico's been on, so we don't want to miss the Classico. Terry has just got back. He's been hosed down by his, by his wife. But I, I don't think you brought <laughs> anything back. You're allowed to play football in Spain still, aren't you? But we, we probably shouldn't be. Yes, as long as you don't shake hands. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> fist, you have to go around fist bumping people, which is, is not my normal style, I have to admit. But no, no, it's all fine. Well, it's all the rage anyway these days, isn't it? It's cooler. Uh, right then, the Classico, El Classico, Terry. Um, it wasn't a classic. However, Real Madrid will be happy one way or another through maybe a little bit more determination, maybe a little bit more attacking verve. Uh, they got a big result. Yeah, I think it's it can be as simple as, as that at times in football. We can we can look at technical analysis and tactical analysis and wonder where Real Madrid won it. But I think they they grew into the game as it went on to the extent that in the second half they were the the much better team. They were playing. Tidier football. It was faster football. It was it was fast and furious at times, and I would suggest a pace that Barcelona just couldn't cope with. They couldn't take the the ninety minutes, and in the second half, that high powered game that Real Madrid were playing. Um, it as I said, there are reasons for why they grew into the game because of the the recent results they've had. So they have they were a little bit hesitant going into the game. But once they, they realised that they weren't playing a Barcelona of team of, of old and there were, there were weaknesses um, that they could exploit. And then I, I think as, as the game went on, they were the team that actually wanted to, to actually win the game more as opposed to, I thought, Barcelona in the second half were content to play a little bit conservative, try and slow the game down. But they they never approached the second half in the, in the same manner as as Real Madrid, and you know I think a, a lot of credit has to go to Real Madrid for battling back. It's what big players do when you know the going gets tough. They've had some poor results, a lot of criticism. They're at the top of their game in terms of playing for you know one of the best clubs in the world because they have the mentality to go with their technical abilities. So, you know, Sergio Ramos has not just got through his long, illustrious career on the back of being a, a good central defender. It's because of personality. And and that's exactly what, what Real Madrid did in the second half. They drove themselves on. They realised that Barcelona were on the back foot. And I think when the when the goal came, it, it certainly wasn't a surprise that it was Real Madrid that, that, that got it. Now... On the on the analysis program last night after the game, Terry uh, DM sort of pinned the blame on the substitution of when Brathwaite came on for Vidal. So his, his point was that they they essentially lost 
their way at that point, Barcelona. Is that is that fair enough? Is that is that the the right emphasis? No, I I, I didn't agree with that. I, I think in this it was in the space of two minutes. Braithwaite came on, nearly scored a goal, um, and then was defending a throwing. Um, that that and, and when you look at it, the difference between Real Madrid and Barcelona was encapsulated in that one piece of action. Tony Crows gets on the ball, and he's pointing for two or three seconds, telling Vinicius where to go. Approaching Tony Kroos was Artur, and he was just standing there. He was three yards away. So he was allowing Tony Kroos the time to put his foot on the ball, get his head up, and tell his teammate instructions. Give his teammate instructions. So if you run in there, I'll play it into you. Behind him was Semedo. Behind Artur was Semedo, who went, and he's, he's the right back. Vinicius is the left winger. Samedo went, Benzema made a run towards Tony Kroos at half pace. It wasn't threatening. It was going towards the ball. And Samedo jogged in behind Benzema, which left a massive gap for Vinicius, the, the, for Tony Kroos to point to the gap and tell Vinicius where to go and play the ball in. Braithwaite was the nearest player to Vinicius. If Braithwaite had been the other side of Tony Kroos in the attacking position, then we wouldn't be looking at him and saying he didn't chase back, he didn't track back. It's, so I think it was it was a culmination of players. And, and But I, for me, essentially, the, the full-back, Samedo, he has to be responsible for the Finicius. Artur has to be responsible for closing down Tony Gross a lot quicker, a lot sharper, a lot more aggressive. They failed to do that, and, and Braithwaite was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Incredible, as it says, because as it seems, because his head must have been coming off, literally, because he could have been playing for Leganes the day before against Alaves, <laughs> chasing it around, not getting any service, hoping that a half chance fell his way. Suddenly, he's signed by Barcelona. He's thrown into the action in a Clasico. He nearly scored with his within the first 30 seconds of coming on, and then he's getting blamed for the, the first goal of the match. So, I think it was... I mean, you can look at it in hindsight and say, ultimately, he was the closest to Vinicius. But I, I don't, I don't pin the blame on him. I, I, you know, and the change tactically, I thought it was a, it was well overdue in terms of Barcelona making that particular change. I don't think that the tactical change led to the, the Real Madrid scoring the opening goal. I think it was a, a case of Vidal was guilty, giving the ball away. Far too much in the second half. I couldn't really pin down where he was playing, what his job was in the team, whether he was playing in a, a 4-3-3 or whether he was playing in a, a 4-4-2. Couldn't see whether he was in midfield, whether he was a, in one of the attacking positions. Um, I think we had a poor game, actually, but like a, a number of the Barcelona players. So I, I, I don't blame Braithwaite for the, the first goal of Real Madrid. Uh, I hesitate to to pick on individual Barcelona players uh, because I think there are bigger issues at the club. But can we do that, first of all? Um, uh, Griezmann, in particular, got lots of stick for his performance. I thought I thought he was poor, I must must admit. I, I thought I, I wasn't sure what he contributed. I thought he, he was in the wrong place a lot of the time. I think his decision-making was questionable a, a lot of the time. And then... The other, the other obvious one that everyone always looks to and hopes that he's going to come up with something is Messi. And it, it seems a lot these days that if Messi doesn't have a good game, that Barcelona don't have a good game. Yeah, I, I found it. They, I found the first half really interesting. I thought the second half, it was clear Real Madrid 
really put their foot down and and it was it was kind of like Real Madrid of old lots of crosses into the box lots of attempts at goals they were fast and as faster than Barcelona i think you you're struggling really to to find a Barcelona player that comes out with any credit i thought PK made a number of last pitch challenges which he's being forced to do now week in week out so i think he he did okay possibly umtiti alongside him if you look at it and analyze it you can say that you know, up until Mariano Diaz coming on, Benzema didn't do an awful lot to trouble the two central defenders. Messi was below par. I was surprised when I saw about the first half. The position of Danny Carvajal was, we're watching the game and I'm looking at it and Danny Carvajal was hardly ever playing in the right-back position. At times he was centre midfield. Valverde was the right-back. There was no attacking outlet for Barcelona on the on the left. And I thought, I mean, Jordi Alba is always going to do that, but it was always one against one. So when Jordi Alba got it, it was either Valverde or it was either Danny Carvajal. I thought Messi could have, because he, he does this, he finds a weak spot, he finds space. And I, I thought Barcelona totally ignored the weakness in the first half, the confusion between Carvajal and Valverde. And I thought Messi would have made more of that opportunity. Griezmann had one chance from the left where Alba cut it back. I think he's looking for Messi, but it goes to Griezmann and he, he shins it over the crossbar. So I think it was it, it was quite... It wasn't sensible play from Barcelona. They didn't make the most of the confusion with the tactics that Real Madrid employed in the first half. So Messi would be one. Luke de Jong didn't appear. Griezmann, it was a non-performance. He, he just didn't contribute. As I say, Arturo Vidal gave the ball away too much. Um, Busquets was tidy in the first half, but he fell into the, the the habit in the second half of giving the ball away. And from a Barcelona perspective, that that's something that really annoys me, is the times that we see a straightforward 10, 15-yard pass and they, they're inaccurate. It's the wrong way. It goes to the left of Messi. It goes to the right of Messi. He's having to stretch for a pass. It's intercepted. Now, that was when they had Xavi in Iniesta, and I, I know we, we shouldn't keep going back to that because they mm-hmm. set unreasonable standards. But Xavi and Iniesta didn't give those easy passes away, ever. I mean, Xavi would have 150 passes a game, and 140 would be accurate. But a hundred of those passes would be ten or fifteen yard passes, which is effective because he did it tidy, accurate, the correct weight on the pass, and he did it quicker. And that's what kept, you know, he just kept them ticking over most of the time. Then he would come up with ten, fifteen passes a game that were special, you know, that, that beat a defence, that beat a defender. So when I see Barcelona players looking up and seeing a player in, in space 10, 15 yards away, and there's a whole list of them. Arturo Vidal was Real Madrid's best player in the second half. Hmm. The amount of times he gave the ball away. And it was at a hard pass. It was an easy pass. Arturo did it. Um, de Jong did it. And it is, I've used the word flippant for the last couple of years with Barcelona's midfield players. And I find it irritating when they just don't have that concentration to do that easy pass that they should be able to do in their sleep and they get it wrong. 
and they give the ball away. And then if you keep doing that against Real Madrid and Real Madrid are putting you under pressure, I mean, big players at Barcelona should be able to do that under the most severe pressure. That's why they are playing for Barcelona. You know, most players can roll a ball 10, 15 yards to, to someone's feet and it can be accurate. You will be under pressure. Um, the better player you are, the, the more times you get it right. And for Barcelona, I just don't think, I think they're giving it away far too much. To Stegen, he was guilty of it as well. He has that annoying habit now of the long diagonal pass is fine. He nails that. When there's nothing on and his teammates are marked, I have no idea why he, does, why he just chips it up doesn't reach the halfway line and it's playing into the hands of whoever they're playing against. And last night was Real Madrid. Last week he did it against Eibar. They wasn't punished. But if you did that against Real Madrid half a dozen times a match, that's six, seven, eight attacks you're giving away to Real Madrid. Add on all the times that you're, the, the outfield players are giving the ball away in positions where they shouldn't and, and, and they, don't, they haven't done in the past that's probably another 10, 12 attacks you're giving to Real Madrid. You continue to do that, then you're going to end up getting beat. Um, bearing in mind as well the Champions League performance, um, where obviously Barca got a draw against Napoli, not a terrible result, and Real Madrid beaten at home by Man City. It's not irretrievable, but it's certainly not good. Um, it doesn't look like either of the, the, the Spanish giants are in a particularly good place at the moment. Is that is that fair to say? Yep, Totally. Yep. I, I, in, in, in fairness, in, in the first half, I was asked at half time what I thought, and I had to rein it in a bit. The the <laughs> criticism because I was I was disappointed with the quality, which is something we've always had in the Clasicos. But as I said, Barcelona were guilty giving the ball away. I didn't think Benzema offered much again in terms of holding the ball up for Real Madrid. So their attacks were breaking down. They were relying on Vinicius, and he, it was fifty fifty with Vinicius whether it's going to be good or bad. So I, I thought both teams were, in terms of quality, was was below par. So if you're looking at both teams going further in the Champions League, irrespective of the first league results, because, I mean, Real Madrid could turn it around against Manchester City. It's not impossible. Um, I think it's unlikely um, because of the, the, the quality that they've, they're showing and they've got at the moment. I think Barcelona will go through against Napoli because the home leg is to come and they're, they're, they're fine at home. No problems. Um, away from home is that you know where the five league defeats have come this season, and and that they, you know they're going to struggle if they they don't improve their home form away form sorry, in that competition. Um, but I, I think they'll get through against Napoli. Is there a chance Barcelona could win it? Every chance, because you know on on their day they have got the players. If they perform, if Setien comes up with a a system, um, I think that was the big thing for me last night. And I'm sorry to to, to keep going on, John, but. There were so many question marks going into this Classico. In the past, there was one or two team selections, particularly when Jose Mourinho was in charge. We wasn't sure of Real Madrid, how they were going to approach the game. We got to learn by the end of it. Of course, we knew how they were going to approach it, but we wondered early on whether he, he would be different with Real Madrid. So I remember a big selection when Pepe played in midfield, Sergio Ramos played in midfield. But by and large, over the last sort of 10 years, everybody's been, you know, if, every, if everybody's fit, everybody has been aware of the strongest 11. We're looking at Real Madrid and Barcelona now. We're all guessing what the starting 11 is going to be. We know a number of players are, it's a given that they're going to play the Ramoses, the Messis, the people like that. But there's so many other players to fit in now 
um, that aren't convincing. That you look at the selections and and then and then you look at the players that are involved in the game now, and you're looking at the older players. The question mark there is Tony Kroos, Luka Modric, Busquets, PK Ramos. Are they still up to the the level? Because question marks were asked against Real Madrid against Manchester City when they came and, and blew them away last week in, in the Bernabeu. You know, Modric is 34 now. Tony Kroos didn't play against Manchester City. You know, Marcelo, I think, has seen better days, of course. So they're the big question marks. Then you've got the new the, the, the new generation coming in and you're looking at people like Luke de Jong and you're saying, right, yeah, he looks a good player. He's good at Ajax. Is it, has, has he got the the ability to, to move up a gear where you're playing for a team that are expected to win Champions Leagues. Have, has he got the quality to play in the Classico? Because that it doesn't get any better. Over the last 10 years, it's been the highest, in, in terms of quality, it's the highest fixture in, in world football. And then and Vinicius, another one, hit or miss. I mean, he's, he's a player that gets a lot of attention, which is going to get even more there because of the first goal in the game in the Classico. Um, but it would be nice just to leave him you know, to one side. I don't mean in terms of playing, playing by all means, but you know, we judge him over a period of time. Can he adapt? Can he play in Classicos? Can he win Champions League? Fede Valverde, another player, you know, one of the younger ones that's coming through. We all think he's good because our expectation levels were, were quite low. The next step is... Can he be a significant player in the Classicos? Can he be a significant player and emulate what Kroos and Modric have done for Real Madrid in terms of you know being serial challengers for Champions Leagues? Or is he just a good player that's overachieved, but Real Madrid are going to need better than him to consistently challenge again to, to win the, the, the Champions Leagues again? So... In, in terms of the, going into that game, there were so many question marks. And then, of course, you got Barcelona with their second manager of the season. Massive question mark over a, a manager that's not managed at that level before. So it, it's not like the Classicos we've had over the last decade. Uh, right. I tell you what, I think we will we'll leave it there as a, as a test of our first Zencaster. So hopefully you get this uh, in one piece, in which case we'll be doing a lot more and we'll be back in studio quality again pretty soon okay hope you enjoyed it bye-bye expenses to occasional splurges there's a lot to buy why not get cash back every time you spend with the PenFed power cash rewards card you get cash back on every purchase that's everywhere every time you use it you can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days visit penfed.org powercash to apply to receive any advertised product you must become a member of PenFed insured by NCUA 